Well, today is a special day uh, for our church as we are going to be observing the Lord's Supper in just a few moments. And, and it's really, uh, the Lord's Supper is a very special time in the life of the church. Now, there are a lot of different ways uh, churches do the Lord's Supper. There's a lot of different times where the Lord's Supper is, is done. I, I've been in churches where it was uh, every so often they had to have it and, and that kind of stuff. I, I tend to do the Lord's Supper as the Lord leads me uh, to do the Lord's Supper. And the reason for that is I feel like um, sometimes we do the Lord's Supper out of habit. And when we do it out of habit, it loses its spiritual significance uh, to us. We were talking this morning, me and Justin and Alyssa, Trent was standing there, we were talking about different uh, memorable Lord's Supper experiences that we've had, and, and, and we've all had some memorable experiences. But Alyssa was telling us about a, a church that uh, the way they did the Lord's Supper is they just kind of put it at the back, and it was just back there uh, for people to come and partake of. And, and I've seen that before, and there's real danger in that. In a lot of different ways, there's danger in that. And one of them, though, is just when you do it that way, it, it loses its significance. What is it all about? There needs to be some explanation as to what we're doing, why we do it, and, and all those types of things. And so this morning, before we partake in just a few moments, I, I want to spend some time to share with you some things that for some of you, it's just going to be a reminder. You know these things, but it's going to be a special reminder for you before you partake. For others, uh, it's going to be a time of learning. There may be some things you, you learned this morning that you didn't know, and, and, but for all of us, I hope it's a time of challenge for us to really focus on what the Lord's Supper really signifies to us as believers in Christ, because it is a very special act in which we partake of. And so, um, this morning to do that, I want us to look at a text in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and, and read some things there that from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth and really gain some understanding, some of these reminders before we partake. So if you have your Bibles open, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to ask if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, the church in Corinth, before we get there, kind of bring you up to date on what's going on. The church in Corinth had a lot of trouble. That meant, they didn't just have trouble. They had a lot of problems. Um, and so Paul writes to the church in Corinth to straighten them out on a lot of different things um, and to answer a few of the questions they had. But one of the things that they were really messed up on was the way they, uh, the way they observed the Lord's and a matter of fact, he condemns them for the way that they were observing the Lord's Supper. Basically, what they did was they had what was called a love feast, and then everybody, well, you would bring food, and then you would all partake together in this feast. The problem was they got to where that if you didn't bring food, you didn't get to eat. Now, I've seen some attitudes like that in some Baptist churches, by the way, but the idea is if you bring food, you get to be a part of it, and if you don't bring food, you don't get to be a part of it, and they weren't being uh, helpful to one another in that, and Paul comes back to correct them on some of their issues, and the Lord's Supper being one of them, and then he kind of gives them in some instructions on the Lord's Supper, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. He says this in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now look at verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For it would, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. Let's pray. God, today I pray that you'd bless the reading of your word, and now as we examine it for a few moments this morning, I pray that I would decrease and your spirit living in me would increase, and today you would speak to our hearts in a very special way. Father, that uh, we would be reminded of the spiritual significance of what we're about to partake in. Father, this would be a special time, a time of joy, but also a time of remembrance, and and Father, uh, that we would really grasp what is going on this morning as we partake of the Lord's Supper, not for our glory, but for your glory, And, and we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Well, in this text, there are two specific things I want to remind us of or to talk about before we partake today that are going to help us when we have understanding of these or are going to help it have a more deep and heartfelt understanding and meaning to what we're going to partake of in just a few moments that it really would be a time of, of true worship. And so the first thing that I want you to understand is what the meaning is. What is the meaning of the Lord's Supper? And there are really two specific things in our text that that talk about the meaning of the Lord's Supper. The first meaning is it's a memorial. It's a memorial. It's something that we're to do. Twice, Jesus said, after taking the cup and after taking the bread, both times he said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. You see, when when we take the bread, it represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. You see, we need to remember that We sometimes worship what uh, I think, I didn't pin this, uh, it wasn't mine, I don't remember who said it, but we worship in America a plastic Jesus. What I mean by that is when we picture Jesus, we picture this this, uh, well put together man that was good looking and had everything going in life and, and we forget when we do that that the Bible says that there really wasn't anything special about his appearance. And number two, the sacrifice that he made on our behalf was anything but clean. It was anything but all nice and neat. You see, the Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus was arrested, he was betrayed, he was beaten, he was spit upon, he had a crown of thorns pressed so far into his head that uh, he, he began to bleed from the forehead, uh, he, he thirsted, he had thirst uh, in his life, his physical life when he hung on the cross, he, when he was crucified, he, he was beyond recognition, he had been beaten to that point. You see, I used to bring in, and I've done it before, some of you have seen it, he was beaten with something that's called a cat of nine tails, and it's basically a handle that has 11, or sorry, it has nine strips of leather in it. I actually have a replica of one of the similar in my office, but it has nine strips of leather, and each strip of leather, there are things like glass and rock 
and nails and anything like that. And what they would do when, they, when he was beaten was they would whip him with that cat of nine tails. And what it would do is it wasn't just painful when it hit you, it would literally grip your flesh. And when you pulled it back, it would rip the flesh from your back. And the Bible says he was beaten 39 times with the cat of nine tails. He was scourged and he was beaten. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. And sometimes, as believers, we need to be reminded of what Jesus went through on our behalf. And, and what that does is, and that's what Jesus said when he instituted this, and what Paul said, that when you break the bread, it is symbolic, and you're remembering the broken body of Christ that was given on your behalf and my behalf. You say, Isaiah said it 100 years or so, or several hundred years before, it happened, he said it like this, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're doing so as a memorial, as a remembrance, or as a reminder of the broken body of Jesus Christ, because everything that Jesus went through physically on our behalf, we deserved to go through ourselves. The torment, the pain, the suffering, the brokenness is what you and I deserved because of our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We deserved punishment. We deserved pain. We deserved the, that type of torment on our life. But Jesus took it for us. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, it's not just something we do to say we've done it, to check it off our list for the church. It is literally a moment where you can come together and you can remember what Jesus did for you, what he went through for you. It's a memorial. Not only is it a memorial of the broken body of Jesus, the Bible says it is a, a memorial of his shed blood. He, he takes the bread, he says, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he takes the cup and he says, this, is, this cup represents the blood of the new covenant or the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sin. Here's what you and I need to remember when we take the cup this morning. If Jesus had not shed his blood, you and I would not have forgiveness. See, one of the greatest, and I've said this before, and if you've never taken me up on it, I implore you to read the book of Hebrews. Because the book of Hebrews, specifically, and starting in about chapter 8, starts to do a correlation between the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and the New Testament. And the Bible says that even the Old Covenant was not put together without the shedding of blood. But the shedding of blood in the Old Testament was the shedding of animals' bloods, lambs, goats, rams, that kind of thing. And, and to seal the covenant of the Old Covenant, there was shedding of blood. But then the Bible says that there also has to be shedding of blood for for the new covenant, but unlike the old covenant, it was shed, it, the blood that was shed to seal that covenant was shed by the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Himself. Matter of fact, this verse of Scripture that you've heard probably before without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin, is found in the book of Hebrews, talking about that very, specific, very specifically. See, Jesus wasn't just broken for you. He shed his blood for you. And without that blood being shed, there is no 
forgiveness for our sin. And so when we come together and we partake of the Lord's Supper and we take the cup, it is to be a reminder to us, a memorial of his shed blood because by the shedding of his blood, we had, or he became the Passover lamb and gave us an opportunity to, to have a relationship with God instead of having to go through the torment and the pain and the suffering of being completely separated from God for all eternity. His blood is what covers our hearts. His blood is what allows God to look upon you and I. You see, God can't look upon sin when he sees you as a Christian. He sees Jesus he sees Jesus' blood who washes you clean. It makes you white. As no, we used to sing a song, Are You Washed in the Blood of the Lamb? Unless you're washed by the blood, you are not washed clean in God's sight. And so the shedding of blood washes you clean. And so when we partake in a minute, it needs to be a reminder of the broken body on your behalf and the shed blood of Christ that without it, you and I would have no forgiveness of sin in our life. Not only is it a memorial, though, it is also a proclamation. Look at verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says it, Paul says it like this in verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we partake of the Lord's supper, we are proclaiming the Lord's death we are preaching a message of the Lord's death in the effectiveness of what Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection accomplishes in our life. When we take, we are proclaiming to the world that not only did Jesus suffer and die, but that his suffering and his death brings us life. Not just eternal life, but life now. The Bible says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. He comes to give us life now, but he also come to give us that eternal life. Before Jesus, we had nothing to look forward to except for despair and separation from God. But with Jesus, we have been granted the promise of eternal life with him. And so we are proclaiming the Lord's death, and we are proclaiming faith in the effectiveness of what Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection did for you. And so if you don't believe he died for you, and his death was and is the power to save you, then why are you even partaking of it? I, I never quite understood that. We, we, if you don't believe that the body or the bread represents the body that's broken, and you don't believe that the cup is representative of the blood that was shed for you, if you don't believe that, then what's the point in even partaking of it? Because that's exactly what it is. That's what it represents. And when you take it, you are proclaiming you believe and you have faith in the broken body of Jesus for you and the shed blood of Jesus that grants you remission of sin. And so when we take it, we are reminded it is a memorial, it is also a proclamation. But before we partake of in just a few moments, one final thing that we need to know. We need to remember what it's about. We need to understand that it is a proclamation of our faith but it is to be done with self-evaluation. We are not to partake of the Lord's Supper in a meaningless way or a haphazard way. We don't approach the Lord's Supper without seriousness and reverence because of what it represents. 
You see, there are a lot of things that in Christianity that are fun and exciting and, and we love and, and those are all great and we have joy in. But listen, when we approach this table, when we approach this time, it is a time of reverence because our salvation, everything about who we are in Christ boils down to the truth of what these represent. And therefore, you don't walk in and you don't take it haphazardly. You don't take it in a way that means nothing and just, oh, yeah, I'm here to do the Lord's Supper. I haven't done that in a while. I'll do it and check it off my list, and we'll do it again in a few months. You know, we, that's not the way to approach it. As a matter of fact, that's what the church in Corinth was doing. They forgot the significance of it, and they were taking it in an unworthy manner. And Paul goes so far to say, and for this reason, many of you sleep. And that word sleep means die or dead. Many in the church in Corinth were dead because they treated the precious sacrifice of God's Son with irreverence, like it wasn't worthy and it wasn't, it, it was just kind of something that you pushed aside and you just did and you didn't think about and you just took it in an unworthy manner. And so Paul says, if you're going to partake, you do so with self evaluation. Look at verse 27 and 28. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Examine yourself. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean to examine ourselves? Well, Paul tells them that they need to examine themselves to see if there's any wickedness, any unconfessed sin in their life. He was instructing them to take action, to be in right standing with the Lord before they partook of the Lord's Supper. You see, you and I need to do the same thing. We need to take a moment and we need to examine ourselves, and we need to see if there is any wickedness or any unconfessed sin in our lives, and then we need to deal with it. We need to do what David did. I love David's words in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, he says this to God, search me, O God, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You and I, before we come together, we need to do what David did. We need to ask the Lord to reveal in us the, the sin in our life, the unconfessed sin in our life. Now, listen, I, I'm very specific in that unconfessed sin in our life. Thanks be to God that I'm, I I'm forgiven in Jesus. Yes, my salvation is secure in Jesus. Absolutely. But when I have unconfessed sin in my life, then my everyday relationship with Christ is affected by that. My, my fellowship with God is affected by sin in my life. And that's what Paul's telling them. Don't partake of the Lord's Supper without first examining yourself. And when you examine yourself and ask the Lord to, to reveal those, that wickedness that's in your life or that unconfessed sin in your life, then what are we to do? Well, we need to do what John says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. John says, to Christians, by the way, we use it a lot of times to minister to lost people, but John is writing to the believers, 1 John 1, 9, when he says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he says, I write these things to you that you do not sin, but that if you do sin, there's an advocate before the Father for you. That's Jesus. See, when we come together and we, we need to evaluate, and we're going to partake, we need to evaluate ourselves. We need to take an honest look at ourselves and go, God, search my heart. 
don't let me approach this, this table that is representative of everything needed for me to have salvation. Don't let me approach this table in an unworthy manner. Don't, don't let me approach this table in a haphazard way. Father, search my heart. See if there's any wickedness in me. And then when he reveals the way, and by the way, if you ask him to reveal the unconfessed sin and the wickedness in your life, he will through his Holy Spirit. And then when he reveals that to you, you confess it. You confess it. You confess it, which is both to, to agree that it's sin, and you're, you're agreeing that you did it, and you agree that it's wrong. That's what confession is. You confess it to the Father, and then when you confess it, he washes it clean. And that is what enables you to stand worthy to partake. And that's what Paul's telling them, the church at Corinth, to do. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Make sure that you're standing in a worthy relationship with the Lord. And listen, you and I don't find worthiness in our own effort. We find worthiness in Jesus. That's why we're forgiven, not because of what I do. I'm forgiven because of what Jesus did and that God wants to use that in my life every day to cleanse me clean so that I may walk in a worthy walk with him. I need to admit my sin. I need to confess it. I need to ask for forgiveness of it. I need to repent of it. And then once you do that and once I've done that, then you're ready to partake in a worthy way, one that is both a memorial, a reminder, or in remembrance of what Jesus did for you through his broken body and through his shed blood. It is a time that a proclamation of your faith in what this represents, and it is a time for you to stand there worthy in a spiritual, meaningful way to partake of, of the Lord's Supper that Jesus instituted to represent all that he came to do for you and I.